Chapter Two of Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Gargantua and Pantagruel, Book Two, by Francois Rabelais, translated by Sir Thomas Urquhart of Cromarty and Peter Antony Motu. Chapter Two, of the Nativity of the Most Dread and Redoubted Pantagruel. Gargantua, at the age of four hundred fourscore forty and four years, begat his son Pantagruel upon his wife named Badebec, daughter to the king of the Amorats in Utopia, who died in childbirth, for he was so wonderfully great and lumpish that he could not possibly come forth into the light of the world without thus suffocating his mother. But that we may fully understand the cause and reason of the name of Pantagruel, which at his baptism was given him, you are to remark that in that year there was so great drought over all the country of Africa that there passed thirty and six months, three weeks, four days, thirteen hours, and a little more, without rain, but with a heat so vehement that the whole earth was parched and withered by it. Neither was it more scorched and dried up with heat in the days of Elijah than it was at that time, for there was not a tree to be seen that had either leaf or bloom upon it. The grass was without verdure or greenness, the rivers were drained, the fountains dried up, the poor fishes, abandoned and forsaken by their proper element, wandering and crying upon the ground most horribly. The birds did fall down from the air for want of moisture and dew wherewith to refresh them. The wolves, foxes, harts, wild boars, fallow deer, hares, conies, weasels, brocks, badgers, and other such beasts, were found dead in the fields with their mouths open. In respect of men there was the pity you should have seen them lay out their tongues like hares that have been run six hours. Many did throw themselves into the wells. Others entered within a cow's belly to be in the shade, those Homer calls alibants. All the country was idle and could do no virtue. It was a most lamentable case to have seen the labor of mortals in defending themselves from the vehemency of this horrific drought, for they had work enough to do to save the holy water in the churches from being wasted. But there was such order taken by the council of my lords the cardinals, and of our holy father, that none did dare to take above one lick. Yet when any one came into the church, you should have seen above twenty poor thirsty fellows hang upon him that was the distributor of the water, and that with a wide-open throat, gaping for some little drop, like the rich glutton in Luke, that might fall by, lest anything should be lost. Oh, how happy was he in that year, who had a cool cellar underground, well plenished with fresh wine! The philosopher reports, in moving the question, wherefore it is that the sea-water is salt, that at the time when Phoebus gave the government of his resplendent chariot to his son Phaeton, the said Phaeton, unskilful in the art, and not knowing how to keep the ecliptic line between the two tropics of the latitude of the sun's course, strayed out of his way and came so near the earth that he dried up all the countries that were under it, burning a great part of the heavens which the philosophers called Via Lactea, and the Huffsnuff St. James Way, although the most coped, lofty, and high-crested poets affirm that to be the place where Juno's milk fell, when she gave suck to Hercules. The earth at that time was so excessively heated that it fell into an enormous sweat, yea, such a one as made it sweat out the sea, which is therefore salt, because all sweat is salt, and this you cannot but confess to be true if you will taste of your own, or of those that have the pox, when they are put into sweating. It is all one to me. Just such another case fell out this same year, for on a certain Friday, when the whole people were bent upon their devotions, and had made goodly processions, with store of litanies and fair preachings, and beseechings of God Almighty to look down with his eye of mercy upon their miserable and disconsolate condition, 
there was even then visibly seen issue out of the ground great drops of water, such as fall from a puff-bagged man in a top sweat, and the poor hoydens began to rejoice as if it had been a thing very profitable unto them, for some said that there was not one drop of moisture in the air whence they might have any rain, and that the earth did supply the default of that. Other learned men said that it was a shower of the antipodes, as Seneca saith in his fourth book, Questionium Naturalium, speaking of the source and spring of Nilus. But they were deceived, for the procession being ended, when every one went about to gather of this dew, and to drink of it with full bowls, they found that it was nothing but pickle, and the very brine of salt, more brackish in taste than the saltest water of the sea. And because, in that very day, Pantagruel was born, his father gave him that name. For Panta, in Greek, is as much to say as all, and Gruel, in the Hagarene language, doth signify thirst, inferring thereby that at his birth the whole world was a dry and thirsty, as likewise foreseeing that he would be some day supreme lord and sovereign of the thirsty Ethrapels, which was shown to him at that very same hour by a more evident sign. For when his mother Badabek was in the bringing of him forth, and that the midwives did wait to receive him, there came first out of her belly threescore and eight tregoniers, that is, salt-sellers, every one of them leading in a halter a mule heavy laden with salt, after whom issued forth nine dromedaries, with great loads of gammons of bacon, and dried neat's tongues on their backs. Then followed seven camels loaded with links and chitterlings, hogs-puddings and sausages. After them came out five great wains, full of leeks, garlic, onions, and chibots, drawn with five-and-thirty strong cart-horses, which was six for every one, besides the thiller. At the sight hereof the said midwives were much amazed, yet some of them said, Lo, here is good provision, and indeed we need it, for we drink but lazily, as if our tongues walked on crutches, and not lustily, like landsmen duchess. Truly this is a good sign. There is nothing here but what is fit for us. These are the spurs of wine that set it a-going. As they were tattling thus together after their own manner of chat, behold, out comes Pantagruel, all hairy like a bear, whereupon one of them, inspired with a prophetical spirit, said, This will be a terrible fellow. He is born with all his hair. He is undoubtedly to do wonderful things, and if he live, he shall have age. End of chapter 2